So again, please turn with me to Acts chapter 4, and I'm going to be reading from verse 23 of Acts chapter 4. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. That's Peter and John. And when they heard it, they lifted up their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can gather this morning around your word that we can hear your word preached to us. Thank you that your word is alive and it's there to build us up in Christ Jesus, to strengthen us, to give us hope, to walk humbly and faithfully, loving one another. But help us, Father, to come now and listen to your word. Help us to, to hear what your word has to say to us. As we look at prayer, I pray that we would be refreshed and we would be convicted and, and committed to praying, not only in our quiet times, but when we gather together on a Sunday evening and when we gather together corporately as we gather as a congregation, that we would continue to pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for all that you've given us through your Son, Christ Jesus, all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. Have mercy upon me now as I preach from your word. Give me the strength and wisdom to do this in a faithful manner. Have mercy upon me, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you hear me here? It's on. Good morning. I'll not sing because I'll have an empty congregation when I look up. <laughs> and I don't want that. Then I'm not too sure. Can you hear me through here? No. We tested it earlier on. Unless the batteries are dark. Check there. Oh, the battery's dead. Can you see you've got it on mute? Okay. And now, can you hear me? Okay. I'm the mute. We always blame technology. But we never blame ourselves. So please forgive me. Let's continue. Can they hear me inside there? 
All right. I've just read from a beautiful passage, and a great passage, great example for us to follow. Prayer is needed. If I had to ask, what is the greatest need in the church today, and our church, I would say prayer. Obviously, there's other things we can think of, like we need to know more about the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God is important, because right knowledge leads to right living. But I think prayer. I think we need to pray more. And if you look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, there it says, pray without ceasing. Meaning, we should be praying daily. Not every second, because we, we've got to work and we've got to talk and we've got to do things. I can't pray and preach at the same time. I can't multitask. So how we do that, I don't know. But we call to pray. And someone said, prayer is like breathing. Stop breathing, what happens? You die. Stop praying, what happens? The church dies. It's so important that we come back to praying together as Christians. You can have prayer time in your own quiet time, great. But what about praying together with your brothers and sisters in Christ? Praying together as a church. How was the New Testament church born? It was born out of prayer. 150 gathered, or 120 gathered in the, in the top room. And they prayed. And the Holy Spirit came upon them. And so the New Testament church was born. Everything should start with prayer. It shows that we are relying and dependent on our God. But why else do we want to pray? Because we want to experience the power of our Father to whom we pray. We want to experience God in a real experience. Aren't you encouraged when you've been praying for someone and God has answered your prayer? And we should be encouraged even if God doesn't answer our prayer because that means He's still doing His work in His time. What can we pray for? Well, we can pray for boldness to preach God's Word. Don't we need that in our pulpits today? Pray God's Word. Sing God's Word. Teach God's Word. Witness God's Word. Don't we need that in the dark world outside these walls? We need people to be faithful, loving, bold witnesses and live God's Word. If we don't live God's Word, how do people see God's glory? How do people see God's love, God's compassion, God's kindness? And no one gets this perfectly. So no one gets this exactly right. But we are called to live for the glory of God. But a lot of the times we're out there and we're not doing the things that we're supposed to do and that is witnessing Jesus' way. Witnessing with boldness. A lot of times we're leaning on our own understanding and trying to be wise in our own eyes. That's why I think we need boldness in our lives, in our churches. No matter what we go through, we need boldness to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Scripture says, whoever says he abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And we've learned that from 1 John. We've been, we are still working through 1 John, and Lord willing, we will return to 1 John soon. 
But if we say we love Jesus, we say we love God, then that should be expressed out of us. It should become alive. We need boldness to do this. We need to be a faithful witness. We need to stand up for the truth. We need to stop being silent. Jesus' exact word said, Everyone therefore who shall confess me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever shall deny me before men, I will also deny him before my Father who is in heaven. Are we obeying that commandment? Are we living faithfully before God? Being bold witnesses, being bold servants. And this is what we should be praying for. We should be praying to be a bold witness. And this, this, this passage that I read, this, this, this passage is to do with Peter and John showing great boldness for Christ. They're showing faithfulness. They're showing love. They're showing obedience to what Jesus told them to do. And he told them they're going to suffer. There are going to be many tribulations. That's the risk of being a Christian. We're going to, be, we're going to offend people and we will be persecuted for that, verbally or physically. I mean, Peter and John, they were thrown in prison for sharing the word, for, for, for speaking out in the name of Jesus Christ. They were speaking about his resurrection. So they locked them up in prison and, and threw them in prison and they didn't know what to do with these men. And then when they released them, they said, please, can you stop preaching in the name of Jesus? But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge, for we cannot speak of what we have, we can, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And we see them when they come to the house with their friends, we see what they do. So before we look at this passage, we must be reminded that we are engaged in a spiritual battle. Our fight is, is, is against flesh and blood because we, we interact with people, but it's not a physical fight. We don't go around losing it with people and, and uh, verbally abusing them and physically abusing them when they don't want to listen to us, like some worldviews do, unfortunately. Our fight is a spiritual battle. It's against the heavenly forces, against the wicked schemes. Ephesians 6.12 says, Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. And every day we go out there, we're engaged in a spiritual battle. And you will only know that if you live boldly for Jesus. If you don't, you're gonna, not going to experience that. I'm not saying you must go out there now and pick a fight and start laying down your life and being a martyr. It happens naturally. Opportunities come. And they will come. We have Satan and his demons that oppose us. If Satan could fly the biggest warplane, who would he bomb? He would bomb every church that preaches Christ. That's who he would bomb. He's not interested in what's going out there in this dark world. He wants to close down churches. Close down everything that is opposed to the truth. And this should drive us to our knees to pray for boldness in witness and to wake up 
to pray. So this morning, I want to look at Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. And I want to look at two things so that we can see how powerful prayer is, because maybe we don't believe in prayer anymore. And to see the power of God to whom we pray, how God gives us the strength and power. And hopefully this will cause us and help us to pray for boldness as we witness and maybe ignite us to come together in prayer. And like I've said in the past, the worst meeting that is attended in the church is always prayer meeting. doesn't matter what church you go to. You can have a church of 3,000 and maybe there's 30 people there. That's only, te- what? That's 10%, huh? No? 100%. No, what's it? sorry. I didn't do maths. And you can go to our church made up of, say, 30 people, and you can have three people there. It's the same, isn't it? Okay. (laughs) Forget about maths. (laughs) Let's get back to preaching. So, I want to encourage us to to become men and women of, of prayer. To pray for boldness in your own lives, to be a faithful witness. So let's look at this lovely passage. It's probably one of the greatest passages given to us where we can see how men and women rest and rely on God, how they turn to God our Father and wait on Him and believe that God hears us. And the first point and the first thing we want to look at is we want to see how these men and women came together and how they pray to the sovereign God of the universe. That's what we learned in the Lord's Prayer. Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father, hallowed be your name. We start our prayers with our Father, and we pray to the sovereign God of the universe. Our Father created this world. He's given us this world, and He's given us a Redeemer, Jesus, to, to redeem us from the wickedness of this world, to save us, to forgive our sins, And here we see the church praying. You can see that in verses 23 to 28. There we see Peter and John and their friends praying to the sovereign God of the universe. They are lifting up their voices to the sovereign God with one accord. They are united together. They are one in Christ. And they are lifting up their voices, knowing where their help is going to come from. That's, that's Psalm 121. We know where our help comes from, the maker of heaven and earth. When you look to Arankiskop, look to that beautiful mountain. Who created that mountain? God. He's the helper. He's the creator of the heavens. He will help us. And they're praying, they're lifting up their voice to the sovereign God. Like I said, they've just been released from prison. And they were put in prison for preaching Jesus and the resurrection from the dead. And they were told by the council they must no longer speak and teach to any person in the name of Jesus. But look how they return. They return to their friends. They discuss and share with what has happened to them. Not like us today, where we would have grumbled, complained, slandered, gossiped, and then walked away. But no. They put their heads down, they bow down, and they pray. Peter probably reminded them of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness. 
Guys, we have the power. Let's rely on the power. We have the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Let's now lean in that direction. Let us now pray to our Heavenly Father. Let's cry out to Him. Let's cry out to the Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. That should encourage us knowing that we pray to the Creator God. The all-powerful, all-known, almighty God who knows us, who has made us in His image. He knows everybody's need here. He knows our hearts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. But sadly, we can say that the church has lost sight of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And the power is not to go and do silly things out there. The power is to give us the strength to endure the sufferings and the tribulations that come from this world. The power is to, to remain self-controlled, to remain patient when struggles and things. Like load shedding. That's causing more damage than what COVID caused. We need to be reminded... That our God is sovereign. And we can always turn to Him, no matter what situation we find ourselves in. Because He controls the affairs, the affairs of the world. And here we see, again, a group of people whose minds are set on the things above and not on the things of earth. They know who they must call out to. They know who they must cry out to. They know Scripture. Verses 25 through to verse 28, they are quoting Scripture. They are praying Scripture. They know Scripture and they are praying Scripture back. And we know Luke is the author here and he's leading us into this. They know that the Holy Spirit is real and true. And he's given us the Scriptures to read, to strengthen us. So we can pray them back to our Father. In, in verse 24 of Acts chapter 4, they see that the sovereign God is the God of creation who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. And they quote this from Psalm 146. They see that, if you read that psalm, you'll see there that God's ability to help people that are oppressed, that are struggling, And then in verses 25 to 26, they see that the sovereign God is the God of revelation, who spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of David. We know all scripture is God breathed, it's given to us from God, it comes from God alone. And in, in, in verses 25 to 26, they quote Psalm 2, which is all about. What foretells us the world's opposition to God's Christ. There's always going to be opposition. They were told this by Jesus and now they're experiencing this. And then in verses 27 to 28 they see that the enemies are out there. They see that the sovereign God is the God of history who has caused even God's enemies to do what God's power and will had decided beforehand should happen. God is sovereign over everything, both the good and the bad. But He doesn't bring about sin. God cannot sin. God, God is pure, holy, righteous. But He brings about sin. 
He allows things to happen. He is sovereign. He's in control of this physical universe and over the affairs of humanity. Every church that exists today is under the threat of Satan and the world. And praise God for His Word because if we preach God's Word and we go into our quiet times and allow God to strengthen us, we can endure living in this dark world. There's trouble. This world is a troubled world to live in. And if we pray Scripture and read Scripture, we can strengthen our souls. And we can also ask God to give us the boldness to witness in the name of Jesus when we're out there. To stand up for the truth. Not to always shy away and be ashamed. And it's hard. It's difficult. You're at the dinner table and someone brings up abortion. And sometimes, oh, I'm not going to get involved in this talk. Oh, I don't want to offend my friends. Let's put Christianity aside and let's just have a normal talk. We need to stand up for the truth. And we need to pray, like Colossians 4.12, that God would open to us a door for His Word. That He would open up a door so that we can speak the truth, to be bold witnesses, speak forth the mystery of Christ. Even if it means, even if it means we're going to suffer for the Gospel of God. And we will suffer. Didn't Jesus suffer as He went about witnessing the truth? doing his father's will he preached the gospel it's all about the gospel of god repent and believe and he suffered and he faced his opposition which was part of god's will and if jesus suffered for preaching the good news how, how are we going to be exempt from suffering the only reason why we're not suffering is because we're probably not doing it and we're going to suffer. We've got to know that truth. We're going to suffer if we step out there. Because those, to, to, those who live a righteous life will be persecuted. Paul writes to, to Timothy. And we can say that every person out there, every person that is not saved is an opponent to the gospel of Christ. And we, if, if we look at the... Um, at the scriptures, we know that Paul had it e easy when he went out and he witnessed the gospel. We think of the time he went to the river and there was Lydia. And he sat amongst these ladies and he, and he shared the gospel with them. And our Lydia listened and God opened up her heart as he spoke. That's how she responded. There was no persecution. But when Paul was in another town, like when he... When he, when he was in um, Lystra and he preached boldly God's word and he witnessed God's word and he preached the gospel of Christ, some people came from Antioch and Iconium and stoned him and dragged him out of the, out of the city, supposing him to be dead. So we don't know what's going to happen, but we can pray. Lord, I'm going to go chat with Jack tomorrow we're going to have coffee and he wants me to come and share the gospel with him you should be praying for boldness you should be praying that the lord will soften his heart you don't know how jack's going to react 
It could surprise you. And in colourful language, tell you to get lost. I don't believe any of this, this stuff. You've lost your mind. But we need to love people through that. We need to speak the truth in love and gentleness. We can't save people. We can't convince people. But we can always share the truth. We can always sow God's word into people's hearts and leave God's word there and pray that God will bring that to fruition. You cannot save people. And if people don't want to listen to us and they turn their back on us, that's okay. Because God is actually doing it. He's sovereign over their life. God's also going to test your love and patience. And like I said, Paul went to a town and he was stoned. He didn't run away and say, oh no, I'm stopping this. That's it. He knew every time that he was going to go to, he was going to suffer for Christ. Because Christ said that to him on the road to Damascus. You are going to suffer for my namesake. And he did suffer. He was eventually martyred and put to death. But Paul knows, and I go back to Colossians, such a, a beautiful little passage to, to remind us not to take witnessing to anybody for granted, because he asks them, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that's me and the men, the, mission, the missionary guys, that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Because you are tempted sometimes when you get into a situation just to back off and shy away and be ashamed. There are times when your witnessing will be confrontational, but know that before you go and meet with someone, you can pray to the Sovereign God. You can pray for God to open up this door and to soften the person's heart and to prepare their heart and to give you the words and wisdom, but mainly the character. You can have the cleverest arguments. You can know the Bible, but if you go witness to someone and you lose it with them, that's all they're going to remember is your character. Doesn't matter how clever you were, no matter how, how academic you are, doesn't matter. They're not even going to remember that. They're going to say, he knows God. He behaves exactly like my neighbor does. When I ask for him to throw the ball back over after my kids have kicked it there, he shouts and swears and carries on. God has asked us to do this in love, in gentleness. Speak the truth in love with a tender heart. Let me deal with the animosity, etc., the hostility that goes with it. And like I mentioned earlier on, Paul knows that many tribulations he must go through in order to enter the, kin or in order to enter the kingdom of God. Paul bore on his body the brand marks of Jesus. What are our brand marks? What amazes me about Peter and John is that they go back to their friends and they don't pray for anything that is for themselves to be protected to be delivered they just pray and our Lord look upon their threats 
They don't even say, please do something about it. Please lead us to towns where it's more peaceful and quiet. No, they just say, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. Because they know opposition is going to come. And it can wear you down. It can tie you down. You saw the rugby match yesterday. How whales were worn down. How they became tired. Because they were hitting a more physical side. They were hitting a wall all the time. And eventually it wears you down. It breaks you. And what a beautiful place to be in. Is in a prayer meeting. Where brothers and sisters gather together. And they pray to the sovereign God to help one another, to be faithful witnesses, where they share as well. And prayer becomes more personal, more intimate. Because I'm telling you now, if we are living righteous lives, we will be persecuted. If we are living faithfully for the glory of Christ, we will be persecuted. Try it this week. We'll look at our second point, Lord willing, next week to help us to pray for boldness in our witnessing, and that is to pray according to God's will. And we see that here in this passage. But remember this week, pray for boldness. Pray to the sovereign God, asking to give you wisdom, strength. Remember this passage. And Lord willing, you hear next week, we'll see how God's power came upon them, how God encouraged them to continue to speak the word of God with boldness. What with cleverness? Not with eloquence. Just speak the truth. Pour out God's word into the people's lives. We water, we sow, and God causes the growth. He brings things to fruition. So let's, let's take this first thing from Acts chapter 4. For us to see how powerful prayer is and to see the power of God to whom we pray. Let's take this first thing to help us to pray for boldness as we witness. We need it in our time. I challenge us to become men and women of prayer. To pray for boldness. Remember, Jesus Christ died to bring you to His Father. Not to be left to do your own thing, but to do His will. To fight the good fight. To take up that full armor of God. And with the Spirit, heal that word. Fight with God's word in love. And remember to pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this challenging passage. Thank you for Peter and John and, the, and this church that gathered together. And how they lifted up their voices together to you, Father. And how they prayed that you would help them. Father, give us the wisdom to do that today to lean on you more than ourselves. And forgive us, Father, when we don't come to you in prayer as often as we should, how we neglect prayer. Father, have mercy upon the church. Have mercy upon this church. Help us to grow and mature in Christ Jesus so we can become men and women in our own church. We too lack prayer in our own church, Father. We too don't always come to prayer meetings and pray together. So give us wisdom as a church, Father, to grow up in Christ Jesus and to, to grow our love for you so that we can grow our love for people, beginning to pray for them. Help us, Father. Thank you again. We can learn from Luke's.
book, the book of Acts. Thank you again for giving us this wonderful passage to see the power of prayer and to see how we can experience your power, the God who we pray to. Thank you, Father. Have mercy upon us, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.